welcome to the first episode of Onyx Gems, a podcast dedicated to giving honest opinions and advice on all things topical in relation to the African-American community. I'm your host, James. If this is your first time here, welcome. Please subscribe to our channel for content on a consistent basis. If you're a returning subscriber, share with your friends and thanks for your continued support. First things first, this is sponsored by nobody. Nobody. So, um, you guys being here, um, we're not benefiting financially off of this. So, we really wanted to um, take an opportunity um, to drop some gems into you guys' life, maybe shed some light on some things that you may not have known. Um, So, starting off, Uh, Today's topic is financial independence. Um, This is something that uh, is not talked about enough in the black community in particular. Um, And today we will uncover what that means, how it works, and how you can achieve it. Um, Now, there are a couple of different uh, financial coaches out there, uh, financial gurus, uh, people that will tell you, hey, you should do this. You should take this step. This is what you need to do to get out of debt. But once you've gotten out of debt, then what? What's what's plan B? What what's after getting out of debt? Um, even being out of debt does not pay bills. Um, you still have to live. Um, you're still going to have a consistent light bill, a consistent water bill, cell phone. You know, you're going to have to put gas in your car, insurance. You still got to put food on the table. So even after you're out of debt, how are you um, becoming financially independent? Um, well, first off, we're going to ask ourselves, what is financial independence? Financial independence is the status or the ability of having enough income to pay one's living expenses. Those things that I spoke about earlier, the cell phones, the uh, gas in the vehicle, the groceries, the daycare bills, the college tuitions, whatever the case may be, um, to be able to pay for those expenses for the rest of your life for without having to be employed or dependent on others. Um, income earned um, without having a job is commonly referred to as passive income, and that's what we're really going after. That's what we're really trying to obtain to become financially independent. We want our money to work for us instead of us working for our money. Um, Now, um, the question often is, well, how do I get there? How how do I maintain this? You know, with a lot of us uh, being sold the dream, you know, hey, go to college, get a degree. This degree will open so many doors for you. And in this day and age, that's just not the case. Um, a lot of us have associates, bachelors, and masters. Um, where I live down here uh, near Baton Rouge, Louisiana, the average income for someone who has a bachelor's degree is about fourteen to sixteen dollars an hour. Um, now, I don't know about you, but I really think um, going to school and getting in student loan debt, literally. You know, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars worth of student loan debt. It's not worth me accepting a job for fourteen to sixteen dollars an hour. Um, we were promised so much more than 
what we're getting. Um, of course, that's another topic for another day. Um, but um, what we want to do is, of course, yeah, we want to eliminate the debt that we have. Um, debt is the biggest taker of your income. You know, you have car notes, mortgages, you know, insurance, gas, groceries, you know, not to mention all the other miscellaneous things um, that may pop up in life. Um, basically, those those are the things that we want to get rid of. And the things that we really want to add is passive income. Um, passive income comes from investments. It comes from um, you placing your money where your money will return back to you. And we'll get into some investments and alternative forms of investments in some later podcasts. But right now, I really want to harp on financial independence and, and how it works and, and how you can possibly achieve it. Now, how does, how does being financially independent work? Financial independence is when your investments, we talked about that earlier, start paying more than your expenses and you don't have to work or you can retire early, whatever the case may be. Um, financial independence is the moment when your investments start paying more than your expenses. Once that happens, you're independent or you're free from having to work for a living. Most of us, and I see this a lot in the black community, um, we have to work our entire lives. We just it. We are so far behind. Um, and there's definitely a wealth gap between African-Americans and other races in America. Um, but I often see um, if I'm going into Walmart or Target or even McDonald's or, you know, whatever I'm going out to shop for, I'm seeing, you know, elderly ladies in their 60s and 70s and 80s who just look absolutely miserable because they have to work because they don't have enough retirement to even pay their bills, you know, um, and it's really, really sad. You know, they've worked, you know, 50, 60 years out of their life just to support themselves and put into a retirement system. And that retirement system ultimately has failed them because they cannot support themselves on the retirement alone. Um, the premise of being financially independent is instead of taking your tax refund and buying a brand new car or instead of taking your stimulus check and buying a new set of Jordans or, you know, buying the PlayStation 5 or the Xbox Series X, we're going to take that money and we're going to place it where... Um, $600, $1,200, $2,000, whatever that amount is, it's going to return to us 20, 30, 40, 50 times over. And this is very possible. You just have to know where to place your money. Um, it's not complex. It's not rocket science. You just have to do a little research. You have to do your due diligence. Um, but it's very possible. For instance, um, I know one of the big things that are going now is Bitcoin, um, form of cryptocurrency. Um, they are saying now that it is the digital gold. 
Bitcoin stock right now, or one Bitcoin, Bitcoin doesn't have a stock, but one Bitcoin is approximately, I believe, somewhere in the thirty-two dollars to $34,000 range per Bitcoin. I remember when Bitcoin first got started somewhere back in 2006-ish, 7-ish, um, you know, Bitcoin was laughed at, you know, it was, you know, like this will never work. Digital currency, it was unheard of. Um, and the stock uh, or, or the Bitcoin, I keep calling it stock, it's not stock. Um, it, it had its ups and downs. It had its times. I remember when it hit it, its first thousand and nobody, you know, ever anticipate that it would hit its first thousand. You know, because originally it was a crazy idea. It was stupid. Um, so then it hit its first thousand and everyone was shocked. Um, and um, then it went to two thousand to three thousand to four thousand. And then at some point in time, it tanked. And, you know, the naysayers were just like, I told you so. I told you so. I told you it wasn't going to work. And then it recovered, you know, and then it hit ten thousand and everyone was like, okay, well, it's going to tank again. It's, it's going to happen. And all the naysayers came back and said, yeah, it's going to happen again. It tanked before it's going to tank again. And lo and behold, yeah, it did tank. But when it came back, it eventually hit 20000 And now it's at thirty-two dollars to $34,000. And I was reading an article that says, hey, Bitcoin is becoming the digital gold and they're anticipating it to hit $134,000 per Bitcoin. Now, just imagine um, if back in 2007, you would have been radical and said, I'm going to buy 100 Bitcoin and that 100 Bitcoin might have cost you $500. And if you would have went along in the journey with it, if you would have bought 100 Bitcoin in 2007 and held on to that coin to today, that $500 investment would be worth $320,000. Just let that sink in. A $500 investment would be $320,000. Now, Bitcoin got started in 2006, 2007. Let's just say 2007 for demonstrative purposes. From 2007, January 2007 to January 2021, that's 14 years. That would mean that your $500 investment would have paid you, let's see, $329,500 ROI or return on investment. That is a huge return on investment like none people have ever seen before. And that's just one example. Now, am I telling you to go out there and get Bitcoin? No. For you, your investment may be, I want to invest in real estate, or I want to invest in the stock market, or I want to invest in, let's say, for instance, tax, tax liens. I want to invest in 
um, real estate or not real estate life insurance policies. There are so many forms of alternative investment that I don't feel like we as a black community understand or even are aware of. And I do plan on uncovering all of that further down the line. But I wanted to share with you guys what financial independence is now to kind of wrap all of this up into a ball. Um, and the biggest question is, how do I achieve financial independence? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of different things, about seven things that you can do starting today. You can do these seven things to achieve financial independence. Number one, which is probably the hardest thing for the African-American community to do, is to avoid debt. Now, it is extremely hard to avoid debt when you're working a dead-end job, a minimum wage job where you barely have enough money um, to meet the entire month. You're literally robbing Peter to pay Paul, so it's very hard to avoid debt. We'll talk about some solutions in later podcasts as well to um, give you guys an idea about things that you can do to... Um, uh, earn more income outside of your working job, um, ways you can earn 20, 30, 40, $50 an hour um, working for yourself and for yourself alone. Um, but we'll get into that later. But the point is you want to avoid debt and you don't want to encounter any new debt if you don't have to. Um, number two, you want to ignore your neighbors. Don't try to keep up with the Joneses. Um, just because your um, cousin got a brand new 2009 Altima does not mean you need to go get a brand new 2010 Altima. Um, if the vehicle that you have is still functional, um, you don't have any major problems with it, keep it until the wheels fall off. But you don't want to try to keep up with someone else for impression's sake. Because keeping up with someone else does not pay dividends. It does not keep money in your pocket. It takes money from your pocket and it only provides temporary satisfaction because when the next thing comes along or um, your cousin buys them a brand new 2012, you're going to try to one up them and do buy a brand new 2013. You get what I'm saying? Um, and if you are barely making ends meet as is, you want to make sure that you're not trying to keep up with something that is not sustainable or that will not benefit you in the long run in achieving financial independence. All right. Um, rule number three or step number three, it should be obvious. Spend less than you earn. That's the only way you're going to achieve financial independence. Now, the only way to spend less than you earn is to make sure that you're actually earning enough to live and then have enough to save as well. Once again, we'll talk about alternative methods of, of, of making income in later episodes. Um, step number four, you want to pay yourself first. And I'll give you an example. Um, let's say you're making, I'll just throw out a number, $10 an hour and you're working 40 hours a week. At a gross income level, you're making about 400, yeah, about $400 a week. 
Um, I'll just say take out taxes and insurance. Your take home pay is about $320. You multiply that times two, you're making about $640 every two weeks. So you're seeing take home pay of $640 every other Friday, which means you're making approximately $1,280 in a month. Now, depending on your circumstances, um, let's say your rent is $450, which in the Baton Rouge area, in the lower income areas, um, that seems to be the case between $450 and $600. But let's just say on a low end, your income is $450. You make $1280. So after you pay your rent, let's just say your lights and, and water and all those other miscellaneous things um, come up to another 600 bucks so you right now you're about a thousand dollars in you know um just taking care of all of your monthly expenses and for demonstrative purposes you know we're gonna say that that includes your groceries and all your gas and insurances and cell phone and all of that good things um so let's just say you're right at a thousand to eleven hundred dollars a month um, where you're just living, basically. You're paying rent, you're eating, you have a vehicle. Um, that would give you about 180 bucks um, left over at the end of the month. Now, that may not seem like much, but when your income is limited, that's really a lot um, because that $180 will go very, very far. Um, let's say, for instance, you're saving that $180 you know, every single month for 12 months. You know, um, that gives you four figures in the savings account at the end of the year. Now, that may not seem like a lot to a lot of people because your income is elevated and you may be able to save, you know, a thousand dollars every two weeks. But for someone who is living on minimum wage, saving, you know, eleven to twelve hundred dollars a year, that's a huge milestone for someone. Um, and that can solely be. Um, the uh, springboard, the trampoline that that person needs to get themselves out of the situation that they're in, whether it be, you know, them paying for uh, tuition or paying for a certification class so that they may have um, access to a better job, you know, or be able to qualify for a better job to make more income. And once you get that ball rolling, you know, you start to gain momentum, you get a better job, you go train yourself or get some kind of further education with the increased income that you have, and you just keep matriculating. Um, but yeah, um, that, that, that's, that's um, how you pay yourself first. At the end of the month, you know you have that 180. What I would do or what my suggestion is, and by far I'm not a CPA or financial consultant, so please take what I say as not legal financial advice. This is just my suggestion. Or if I were in the situation, what I would do, if I knew um, that I can save $180 a month, that $180 would be the first thing that came out of my first paycheck every month. If that were possible, if that were feasible for you, take that $180 and put it in the savings account. Make sure you tuck it away before anything has a chance to come along and take it 
Let that savings be exclusive. Don't let anything touch it. Don't go in for any reason. That's your investment. That's your savings. All right. Um, then once you have those savings, you want to buy income generating assets. What are income generating assets? Um, those investments that we talked about um, for someone who um, may be able to save that $1,200, a year. Uh, income generating asset for someone with that kind of, of, of savings may be a certificate of deposit. Well, it's not going to pay you, you know, a couple of hundred dollars a month. You know, uh, it may pay you five to ten dollars a month, you know, um, and you just add on to that. You add on to that every year. You're saving $1,500. You're putting that into a certificate of deposit. That certificate of deposit is, is making you $10 a month. That's $120 a year added on to that $1,500 that you are making. And you're saving that $1,500 a year. And the more money you put in, the more money you get out. So the first year you have $1,500, you're making $10 a month off of that certificate of deposit. The second year you had it in, you now you got $3,000. Actually, you have $3,120 in that account. So now instead of making $10 interest dividends off of it, now you're making $20 interest dividends off of that every single month. And so now you're getting $240 in interest dividends every year and you're just you just keep dumping that money into it until you find an investment that you're like okay I've done this for 3 years I have about 4 $5,000 tucked away now I want to take this and invest it in an education you know I want to pay for um, a certification so that I can get a job at as a um, nursing assistant, as a dental assistant, I, I want to take this $5,000 and um, invest in a property with um, some of my friends. We're going to buy a $50,000 property and 10 of us are going to put $5,000 in it. And I know off of this property, I know that my um, I have an asset that I can basically pull from and I know I'm getting uh, a return on my investment from that property off of the rents or the leases or whatever the case may be um, that may come from that property. I put $5,000 in with my friends. We sell the property for $100,000. Now, my 10 friends can divide that $100,000 amongst all of us and that $5,000 investment doubles for me. So I made $5,000 off of my $5,000. Now that's in a perfect world, but it's possible. It's not impossible. It's very possible. All right. Moving on, you just have to keep investing. You never get complacent with where you are. You always have to be forward thinking. You have to say, okay, I've invested in this. I've seen my return on investment. Um, I'm not going to rest on my laurels um, to say, okay, this is enough. I've invested once. You have to keep investing because those investments are what basically 
um, generate those that passive income for you. That example that I used before um, with the certificate of deposit, that is a passive income. While it may not be a big income, that is a passive income. Um, buying a house and renting it out, that is a passive income. Um, it may not be huge, but you develop steam. You buy one house um, and you allow the passive income from that house or the investment income from that property to pay for you another one. And then you allow the next one to pay for the next one and so forth and so forth and so forth. And that's how you gain steam. That's how you uh, develop that momentum and how you can be forward thinking and and keep investing. Um, Lastly, um, you can consider a side hustle. You know, um, I myself, I'm a musician by trade. I've always been a musician. I played music since I was nine, 10 years old. Um, I didn't start getting paid as a musician until I was maybe about 15 or 16 years old. Um, at 15 or 16 years old, I was making about $1,200 a month. That was a lot for me. Um, now, mind you, I was 15, 16 years old in 2005, 2006. So $1,200 for a high school kid playing music, that was, that was great. That was great for me. Um, I didn't have to work a traditional job like most of, of most of my peers and most of my friends. I really only worked two days out of a week. I worked on Sundays and maybe a rehearsal day, like maybe a, a Tuesday or a Thursday or something like that, or even a Saturday morning. Um, but at best, um, I was working maybe four to six hours a week, making $1,200 a month. That was beautiful for me. That, to me, is a side hustle. That's something that I still do. It's a side hustle. It's not a main hustle. Um, no, I can't support my family off of off of me playing music, not the income that I'm generating. Now, if I were more aggressive with it, yes, I can probably generate more income. But my time equity right now is a little more valuable to me than money. Um, so I do have a nine to five that sustains myself and my family and literally everything from the music um, or my side hustle goes directly to savings. It, I don't touch it. It has gone to savings for the last two, three years. Um, so that income is just piling up and piling up and piling up. Um, and at some point in time, I put that income into interest bearing accounts. And the more money I put into it, the more interest I gain off of it. You know, so my money is making more money along with the other investments that I have. Um, for you, that may not be feasible. You may not have another trade that you can do. Um, but what you can consider is maybe a second job. Um, there are many um independent ways that you can um, go about obtaining income. Uh, One of the biggest ones, DoorDash, Uber Eats, um, driving for Uber or Lyft, um, being an independent courier. I know a big one, uh, especially in the larger cities, is Amazon Flex, um, becoming an independent contractor, becoming a medical supply uh, delivery company, there are several things that you can do that requires little to no skill. It just requires you to be present 
It requires you to either have a vehicle. It requires you to have an internet connection. Um, it requires you to um, be able to enter data into a particular system. There are several things that you can do really to um, create more income for you that will probably require little to no effort. Um, now, the biggest thing um, that I, you know, harp on and that I tell um, everybody, all of my friends, all of my associates, you don't have to be a millionaire to be financially independent. And I think that's a common misconception with being financially independent is that I have to have millions to be able to support myself. And that's just not the truth. Most people won't see a million dollars in their lifetime after working their entire life. You take the average worker who's making minimum wage, who's making $24,000 a year, if that, if that. I'll just take a $10 an hour example. You're making $400 a week gross times four. That's about $1,600 a month. $1,600 a month. You multiply that times 12. You're making probably less, well, right at $20,000 a year. You multiply that times 10. You've only made $200,000 in 10 years. The average U.S. senator makes $200,000 in a calendar year, in one year. Most people who are low income, and I'm speaking on this specifically because this is topical to the black community, will not see a million dollars in their lifetime. Even if that um, minimum wage worker worked for 30 years and retired with a job at minimum wage, they would not see a million dollars in their lifetime. Now, that minimum wage worker, if they applied themselves, matriculated through um, a system, not the penal system, but matriculated through a system where they can um, educate themselves or be educated on a specific trade or a specific topic or a specific um, skill, and they said, okay, well, I work at McDonald's as a fry tech, but... I want to be the shift manager because the shift manager makes $12 an hour. And they say, well, you need a you need at least an associate's degree to or some kind of certification to be a shift manager. Figure out what it takes to 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 gain that certification, to to get that associate's degree. You know, there are tons of assistance um, measures out there. Um, for the black community, um, not limited to um, financial aid. You know, of course, I always will discourage student loans, but there are grants out there uh, that are specifically targeted to uh, minority communities, you know. Um, and then you get that shift manager position. And once you get that shift manager position, you know what? I want to be the team lead. Well, what does it take to be the team lead? Oh, well, I have to have an associate and the certification. Okay, that's not a problem because I've done this before. I've been through this process. 
So I know what it takes and I know I can do it. You go get that associates and that certification and now you're the team lead. Now that you're the team lead, oh, I want to be the store manager. That That's what I want to shoot for. Oh, well, the store manager has to have a bachelor's degree. Okay, no problem. I'm going to go and get my bachelor's degree. You go get it. You've been through this before. I can do this. You go get your bachelor's degree. You apply for that job and you get that job. Now you're the store manager. You went from making minimum wage, and let's just say for demonstrative purposes, minimum wage is $10 an hour. Let's say the team, the, the shift lead made $12 an hour. The team lead made $14 an hour. And now you didn't took the big jump and now you're the store manager. Now you went from $14 to $22 an hour. Now you're feeling good about yourself. Now you have confidence in yourself. Now you can basically see your way out of your situation. And that's really what it's all about. You know, um, you are still living in that same neighborhood. Your rent is still $450 a month. Your bills are still 600. Other bills are still $600 a month. But now, instead of bringing home $1,200 a month, now you're bringing $2,200 home a month, $2,400, $2,600 a month. But your bills ain't changed. So that $180 that you were saving, now you're saving $1,180. You're saving $1,200, $1,500 a month where you were saving $1,500 a year. So now at the end of the year, instead of only having $1,500, now you have $17,000. Now when you need to go get a brand new car, you don't have to ask a bank for financing. Now you can pay for it cash. When it's time for you to buy a house and you say, I want a house. Now you have a down payment. When you say, I want to invest in real estate and I want to do this on my own. Well, you save for two years. Now you got thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 that you can say, I'm going to go buy me a little starter home. I'm going to go buy me a foreclosure and I'm going to fix it up. And I'm going to take that $40,000 and I'm going to turn it into $60,000. I'm going to take that $40,000, turn it into $50,000. And that's how you gain that momentum. That's how you start to develop independence. When you see your the light at the end of the tunnel and you say, hey, I know that this is something that I can make happen. You're avoiding that debt. You're not trying to keep up with your neighbors. You're avoiding the Joneses. You're spending less than you earn. You're making sure that you're setting your savings aside first. You're, you're, you're buying income generating assets and you keep investing and you're, you're side hustling and you got a second job. And now, because you followed all of those steps, now I don't need McDonald's anymore. I don't need Walmart I don't need to be a dental assistant because now, over the course of five to 10 years, I've acquired 10, 20, 30 properties. And off of these 30 properties, I'm getting an average income of nine to $12,000 a month. 
gross. Now, when I started off, I was making that in a year, but now I'm making that in a month. Not only do you change your life, you change the life of of everyone that you're connected to because you're that beacon of hope. And that's that beacon of hope that we in the African-American community need to see more often. We need to see somebody who, quote unquote, pull themselves up by their bootstrap because we don't have that handout. So we have to make it happen for us. Make sense? Great. All right, guys. So that was today's podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I really hope there was something that you could take from it. Um, If you guys would uh, please help us grow this podcast, it's Onyx Gems. Um, We're particularly talking about things that affect the black community and how we can forward and advance our communities um, for the better, how to break generational curses and generational ties. Um, So if you guys would please share this podcast with someone that you know, someone that you love or someone that you think may need to hear this trying to build this channel we really want to change the lives of our generation once again i am your host my name is james and this has been the first the inaugural episode of onyx gems on financial independence please come back subscribe to our channel for content on a consistent basis Thanks, you guys, and I will talk to you.